Hello, welcome to the Proskauer Brief, Hot Topics on Labor and Employment Law. I'm Harris Muffson, and on today's episode, we are going to continue our series of podcasts entitled, Can My Employees Do That? And today, I'm joined by Howard Robbins, and we are going to talk about service animals. The relevant issue here is, can my employees bring animals to work? And I think it would be helpful to start, Howard, by discussing what laws apply uh, in terms of answering that question. Sure. We're really talking about disability discrimination laws. Um, there is not yet in this country, whatever other problems we have, there is not yet an entitlement to bring your favorite animal to work just because you would like to. Of course, there's no reason uh, people are prohibited from bringing those, but an employer has the right to prohibit them subject to the obligation to accommodate somebody's disability. And that's where you get into the range of employment laws, protecting those who have some sort of disability. And keep in mind, those vary it's not just the federal law that most people have heard of, the Americans with Disabilities Act, but it's also a range of state laws that vary widely from state to state and local laws that, that can vary. So can you give some examples of state laws that may be implicated here by this, by this question? Sure. Uh, look, you may or may not be shocked that California has a more generous and, and employee-friendly view of this issue than do some other states. So in, uh, in California, they've embraced not just the concept of uh, of a service animal, but the comfort animal. So codified in, in California law is that a so-called assistive animal that can be an accommodation for somebody with a disability includes a, a support animal that provides emotional, cognitive, or other similar support to a person with a disability, including but not limited to traumatic brain injuries or mental disabilities such as major depression. And so uh, somebody who is depressed and gets a certification from a healthcare provider saying, uh, this animal, and by the way, it doesn't have to be a dog, could assist somebody uh, with a disability. And so uh, you have a much broader range, in, say, under this California law as to what somebody's entitled to in terms of bringing animals to work. How does New York law speak to this issue? So New York doesn't have that sort of definition about animals specifically, but New York's got a much broader definition, a lower bar, if you will, as to what constitutes a disability. A disability doesn't have to last as long, doesn't have to be a permanent impairment as it does under federal law, but even things that are just disabilities under the, the higher federal standards, say depression, which is itself a disability, if a New Yorker gets a certification from a, a health care provider that he or she would be aided in managing with that disability, and it would be an accommodation for that person to be able to bring that animal to work so as to be able to perform his or her job, the essential functions of the job, that's something that an employer, uh, subject to protections that it's got about the animal being unruly or, or causing other disruption, that's something that needs to be accommodated. So let's talk about the, some of the practical issues that, that employers face in, in terms of assessing a request for an accommodation, uh, in terms of bringing a service animal in. As someone who suffers from allergies and, and is allergic to animals, uh, I know there are a lot of, of those sort of people in the world, and uh, certainly those, those people in the workforce. H how is an employer supposed to balance the interests between uh, employees who may have an issue with the animal that is brought to the workplace versus accommodating an employee's uh, disability, bona fide disability? Sure. It's never a reasonable accommodation, and that's the touchstone. It's not a reasonable accommodation for someone to prevent another employee from being able to do his or her job. So if you come into work with your very, very fuzzy cat and I'm sitting next to you and I've got a severe, severe allergy uh, to that cat such that I'm unable to work in that place, you're not entitled to have the cat right next to me. 
Um, so it's the usual drill uh, that employers get into in terms of how do we accommodate somebody who's got a disability? Can we move them to another area? Uh, where there might not be somebody with uh, those sensitivities. And the, by the way, the range of animal issues is broader than just allergies. Um, some animals uh, don't behave properly, and employers are allowed to require that animals um, are trained so that they uh, behave appropriately and, and don't, uh, don't disrupt the workplace. So there are boundaries. The employer is not allowed to decide for itself what it thinks is a reasonable certification or the source of that, that certification. You might be surprised about the range of people from whom these certifications may come. Anecdotally, I'll tell you about a, a chiropractor who rendered a view uh, for a client uh, I dealt with that a service animal uh, could be brought to the workplace. And you might say, how is it that this person was situated? But if you go in and look at the definition of what a chiropractor is considered eligible to opine upon in California, it might surprise you. It certainly surprised me. And so you get a, a range of people opining on such things and it becomes very legally problematic to start questioning the source of certification. Well, I think no doubt, right, people have just walked through an airport and you see the number of service animals that, that people um, uh, are with in, in an airport. And I think it's becoming more and more commonplace that there are these, uh, these licensing procedures where people can get various service animals uh, licensed as as uh, as sort of valid comfort animals. What are the other sort of animals that, that you've seen being designated as such? Well, there are extremes and extremes. There was an article in The New Yorker called Pets Allowed by Patricia Marks that appeared in 2014 where she really pushed the envelope about uh, rabbits, milk snakes, and turkeys, and an alpaca, and a pig <laughs> that she managed to get certified as comfort animals. So, a turkey? A uh, turkey, right, a 26-pound turkey. Uh, and she brought that turkey on the, the Jitney, which goes out to the Hamptons. You can imagine how well that went over. People can get animals certified as comfort animals in a way that you just might shock you. There's actually, in the same way that you see these um, online abilities to become a minister, there are online resources to get an animal certified as a, as a comfort animal. And so that really pushes the, uh, the boundaries. And difficult to, to question, but an employer does have the right, only within limits, to say, well, hold on, that animal is going to be disruptive. You can't bring your alpaca uh, into the workplace. It doesn't even get through the door. Um, uh, there's got to be a limit somewhere. But if you said to me, it's a, it's a pot-bellied pig, it's unusual, but I'm not sure I'm willing to go out on a limb, so to speak, and say, you can't bring that in, as long as it's not disruptive. So we've definitely seen an increase in the number of service animal requests, I think, that, that our clients have been facing. Why do you think that is? There are a couple things going on here. Some of it is the increased diagnosis of a range of mental illnesses and the realization that those are entitled to be accommodated and that animals are often certified or deemed to be a way to accommodate those mental disabilities. Also, as a, a generational issue, something that's been getting a lot of press uh, in the last few years is that universities are allowing students to have animals on campus uh, to provide them comfort with what's been diagnosed as an increased level of mental uh, disabilities and, and mental uh, illness on campus. And guess what? Those people are entering the workforce. And they've been allowed to have animals with them for the last four years in college. And you can be sure they expect to have them when they go to work for the same reasons. Uh, and they're discovering that they've got the right under the law to have those animals with them. And so that's what employers are going to be facing, students who have had these accommodations and want to keep them.
All right, well, certainly an interesting question. It's always great to hear your perspective, Howard, on, on uh, that issue. Thank you for joining us today on the Proskauer Brief. Stay tuned for more insights on the latest hot topics in labor and employment law. And be sure to follow us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Mm-hmm.